Everybody? Good. That's, uh, if you don't know who that is, that is Noah Jesse, and he is uh, one of our elders here at Chester Christian Church. And uh, I love that, that video testimony that he just gave there. Uh, so we're in this uh, new series, Pray for One. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark. It's twisting the wrong way. Gospel, huh? Righty tighty. Um, it is kind of, it, it's kind of backwards because it's front. It's not like to the left or right. Mark, uh, chapter 4, Mark is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, the second gospel in the New Testament. Mark, chapter 4. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, a few verses there, uh, starting in verse 26, I believe it is. So you can hold that in ready. Uh, be ready there. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, anyways, I, uh, I, I grew up in the church, and one of my favorite things about growing up in the church was going to church camp every single year. And where I grew up, uh, down around in the southwest part of Virginia, so if you look at Virginia and you look down at the, the, the tip there, uh, I grew up in that southwest part down around Blacksburg, Christiansburg area, go Hokies, and um, and so the, the camp that I went to, it was called Blue Ridge Christian Camp. And I, I went there through, I mean, to the time I, I, I was young, very young, in, at early elementary school, all the way up through high school. And uh, one of my favorite things about camp, man, is I met a lot of, a lot of friends, a lot of close friends that we're still friends today. Uh, we, we keep in touch through Facebook and social media, and a lot of those friends are in ministry in different parts of not just the not just the United States, but in, in the world itself. And so it's really cool to see some of those friends that you grew up with. Uh, I, loved, I loved church camp. Um, I loved, uh, you know, our camp manager that was there, and uh, Mike Cobner. Um, my wife and I got married at the, at the church camp there at Blue Ridge. Uh, we got married in his living room. Uh, it was in the month of December, and so it was just me. It was um, my wife, obviously, and him, and it, their Christmas tree. And uh, his, his two daughters were sitting on the couch watching as we stood there and got married in front of his kids. It was awesome because I always joke around and say we pulled in his driveway at 301 and we were pulling out at 323. Uh, it was a very short, very short ceremony. It was awesome. Uh, but I, I just love church camp. And you guys may not know this, but good old Charlie Stevenson here, who is our good, good, good Charlie Stevenson here, is... Uh, he is our part-time worship guy here, and he does a great job, but he also, his full-time work that he does is he is a camp manager. Uh, how many of you guys uh, have ever been to church camp before? Not just, yeah, a lot of you have. You grew up, did, did many of you grow up going to church camp? Yeah. Did you have a good experience? Yes. Excellent. Listen, church camp shaped, uh, I, I, believe me, man, it shaped me who I am uh, today. It, it had a huge impact on me. And so Charlie Stevenson is the camp manager down at Camp Rudolph. If you've never been to Camp Rudolph, I would encourage you to go down there and visit that, uh, talk to Charlie about that. We're actually doing a men's retreat um, with our, our guys here in March uh, at the camp and uh, for a weekend. It's going to be an awesome time. Looking forward to that. But, but another favorite thing that I loved about church camp, this is probably one of my most favorite memories of church camp, is every evening, every night, we would go down and we would have what's called a campfire. Uh, I actually thought about trying to build a fire on stage here, but then we thought it might not be safe, uh, so we decided against that. <clears throat> but, um, 
But we were always sang this song growing up, and if you know the song, uh, we're going to sing it. Charlie's going to lead us in this song. Uh, but how many of you know the song, It Only Takes a Spark? Yeah? Love that song. It's okay. Like, Robin will tell you, man, sometimes I'll get in a mood, and I'll just walk around the house singing this song, <laughs> right? This week, this week, because listen, this week, nope. I've been singing this song. I'll tell you a funny story, man. So, I can't remember what night it was, but I was putting Asher, our youngest, he's three months old now. Uh, to bed, and uh, Robin usually sings to him, and he, you know, laughs and coos and giggles and has a good time with that. So I'm putting him to bed, and I'm singing to him, and then he starts, like, wailing and crying, <laughs> and Rob, Robin says, what did you do to him? I said, I was just singing to him, and uh, she slapped. Anyways, so, so Charlie's going to lead us in this song. You don't have to stand up, but the words will be on the screen. Uh, you guys, will you guys do this? You guys appease me this way. I know this song's kind of cheese ball, right? But it's a great message. It's a great song. If you don't know it, it's very easy to pick up. Lead us in it, Charlie. You may regret this. <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? All right, I'm, I'm going to rely on you, actually. Not that I, by nature I'm a camp manager and should know the song, but here we go. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon those around can warm up in its glowing that's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it you once was love to everyone you want to pass it on alright you sound better than I do what a wondrous time is spring when all the trees are budding, the birds begin to sing, their flowers start their budding. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you want to see it's fresh like spring, you want to pass it on. Yay. <laughs> I wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. You can depend on Him. It matters not where you're bound. So shout it from the mountaintop. I want my roots to know the love of God has come to me. I want to pass it on. So I remember that last verse in, in camp. We'd be sitting around a campfire, and we'd be under, you know, God's creation is beautiful. And that we would say, I'll shout it from the mountaintop. Everybody would say, yeah. So y'all want to do that? Let's do it. Come on. Come on. All right. Do it. All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's start to uh, go up one slide there for me, Megan. Thanks. All right, here we go. I wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. You can depend on him. It matters not where you're bound. I'll shout it from the mountaintop. Want my world to know the love of love has come to me. I want to pass it on. 
Very good. Give you guys, give yourselves a hand there. That's awesome. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you guys for appeasing me with that. Uh, and that's, that's really what this sermon series, Pray for One, is all about, right? It's, it's about this idea of God's love. Once you've experienced it, then you want to pass it on. And that's what Pray for One is all about, right? We start our day with this simple prayer, Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. John, the, one of Jesus' apostles, uh, he, was, uh, he wrote uh, several books in the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John, and then he wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And he was, references himself in the Gospel of John as the one uh, Jesus loved or loves. And so he writes in 1st John 4, 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And what he's saying there is that God is the source of love. It's his nature. It's his character. And the beautiful thing about God's love is that he doesn't just tell us that he loves us, does he? Right? God just doesn't shout it from the sky and say, hey, guys, I love you. You know, in the midst of all of our chaos, in the midst of all of our pain, in the midst of all, you know, of this, this world, it just seems like it's hopeless. He doesn't do that. But no, God expresses his love. He made his love visible by sending his son, Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. His love is unfailing. His love is steadfast. And one day Jesus was being questioned by several of the religious leaders of his day. And a lawyer, which is an expert in the law of God. And, and I shared last week that this expert in law, he was an expert in the first five books, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So he knew all the law. And he asked, he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind, then this is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? It's very simple. Love God, love others. And so just as the song we sang says, once you've experienced God's love, right? Once, once you realize that God has created you and that God is, is holy and he is perfect and he has created you for a purpose he has created you for relationship, and once you realize that that relationship has been broken because we are sinners, we are sinful, we've fallen short of the glory of God that, uh, that, that because of his holiness, but, but through Jesus Christ, God has made a way for us to be restored. He has rescued us, right? We talked last week about the Bible was that love story, right, that God is pursuing after us, and he, he does that through Jesus Christ. And once you've experienced that, Right? Once the gospel goes from your head to your heart, once, once you've experienced that and you begin to, to be changed from, from the inside out, you'll want to do what? You'll want to pass it on. That's the way it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you'll want to know, you'll want to show, you'll want to pass it on. Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. And this is, this idea of pray for one, listen, it falls right in line with what our purpose here at Chester Christian Church is about. Right, you walk through the doors, you see it on our wall, you see it in your program when you came in, uh, and it simply says, we are here to make much of Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the center, and we want to exalt Jesus every time that we're in this place. We want to uh, not just make much of Jesus here on Sunday mornings, but we want to make much of Jesus out there. Right? And that, that's, that's what our vision for you is, is that, that, that you would live, as Noah, one of our elders said, you know, just live every day in a way that people see the hope that I have, right, that, that we are making much of Jesus. Jesus uh, said in the Gospel of John again, 1334, he said, a new command I give you, that you love one another 
Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And we need to understand this morning that Jesus' love is different from the rest of the world. Right? Because oftentimes the, the, the love that we show, it has limits, it has conditions, it has stipulations. And we'll love someone as long as that love is being reciprocated. But, but notice that Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. You see, Jesus' love for us is limitless. It's without conditions. It's without end, right? I mean, the Bible says that while we were still enemies of God, Christ came and died for us. You know, God didn't say, hey, I want you guys to straighten up, try to, try to fly straight before I send my son down there. But while we were still enemies of God, while we were still rebelling against him, he loved us and he sent Christ to the cross for us. See, Jesus loves us even when we aren't faithful, and yet he is always faithful. Jesus loves, loves us when we are unlovely, and that's, that's an amazing love. And so this new commandment that Jesus tells us, it, it kind of creates this new paradigm. It creates this new model, and Jesus is our model. That's why we want to exalt Jesus every single week in our services, because we want to point you to him. He is our model. He is the one that we are looking to. The greatness of Jesus' love for us is what motivates us to love others, right? There's nothing else I can say. There's nothing I can do to motivate you to love other people. It's just I've got to point you to Jesus and allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. It's going to motivate you to love others. It's God's love in, right, as you receive it, as you experience it, and then it's God's love out, right? You then pass it on. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, right? I love that song. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's going to be stuck in your head all week long. You're going to be singing that this week. Uh, Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. And so last week, you guys did an awesome job. There were cards in your seat, and I asked you to write down the name of one person that you know, whether it be a family member or a coworker or a neighbor, and uh, just commit to praying for that person every single day, every single morning. Lord, give me one person, and it could be that person or it could be any person. And then we asked you uh, to go over here and write the names on these chalkboards, and, and we're going to do it again today for those of you that maybe weren't here last week to get to experience that. Uh, but I said we're going to commit to praying over these names every single week, and we're just going to ask God to draw them to the cross. And so I want to take a moment and just pause for a second and do that, and then we'll jump into our text today, okay? So let's just do that. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your unfailing love. We thank you for your steadfast love. We thank you that you love us when we are not faithful, when we are unlovely. God, that you just continue to pursue after us and that your desire is to change us from the inside out. Father, I thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have to just be on mission with you. God, that you created us for a purpose. And, and Father, we thank you for... Uh, for these names that are here in, in, in the blackboards and, and the ones that were on our cards. God, these, these names represent uh, individuals who, who maybe are in families or, or maybe they're not in families or maybe they come from broken families, maybe they're struggling, maybe, uh, God, you know each and every one of them, you know every single detail of their lives. And Father, we just lift them up to you. Father, we pray that your spirit would move in their life, God, that you would draw them to the cross, that you would soften their heart. God, that, 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 that whoever is praying for that one, that you would give them the boldness and courage to 
to plant gospel seeds, to sow threads of the gospel, as Noah said, in their life, that we would be willing to show the love of Christ to them, that we would be generous and that we would be hospitable, and that we would do those things, God, because you have done those things for us. So, God, we just pray for their salvation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. And so Jesus illustrates this uh, beautifully in this parable that we're going to look at. Uh, and we're going to see that one prayer, one prayer does it all. Right? This one prayer uh, really does it all. And so a parable, if you're new and you're not familiar with what a parable is, a parable is a story. And Jesus was famous for telling a lot of parables throughout the Gospels. And it, it, it teaches, uh, it, it's a kind of a heavenly story. Uh, with an earthly, no, earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 28, Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he tells this parable, and this is what he said. Uh, it's going to be on the screen if you, if you don't have your Bibles. It says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Right? So that's what Jesus tells his disciples. Now, when you read through the Gospels, you'll notice that Jesus oftentimes uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. So when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, he said this is how you should pray. You pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Right, John the Baptist, the, the, the forerunner of Jesus, the guy who, who, who came before Jesus, he preached a message of repentance, and he said, he went around, and he said what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the idea of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is that it's already, it's already, but not yet. It's already, but not yet. In other words, Jesus has come in the flesh. God has sent his son Jesus to the earth. He left heaven, came to earth in order to die on the cross for our sins and to be raised to life. And when he does that, what he does then is he reverses the curse of sin. Sin, you see, is separation from God. Sin is death. Sin brings guilt and shame and condemnation. But when Jesus comes in the flesh and he dies on the cross and he takes all of our sins on the cross, he reverses that, right? Jesus brings life. Right? It says, the Bible says that when you, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are a new creation in Christ. Right? It, it says there's no more guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. And so we are forgiven, but we still live in a sinful world. Right? So that's that already. The kingdom of heaven is, is already, but not yet. And so we wait for Jesus to come back for the church, for his bride, when all things will be made new. And so Jesus continues in the prayer. He says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now, in Jesus' stories and his parables, what you need to understand is that each person represents someone, and typically the imagery in the parable represents someone or something. So in this parable, the man represents his followers, us. The seed represents the gospel, the message of the gospel. Now, how awesome is this, right? Last week I said that God has saved us from something for something, right? He has saved us from our sin, not just to come in and to, to, to kind of isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, 
but God has saved us from our sin. He has saved us from something for something. All right, we said last week that we've been created for a purpose, that we're not an accident. You were created with intent. We were created to be a part of the family of God, and we were created to be a part of uh, the family business, and that is making much of Jesus. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10, that his purpose is to do what? To seek and to save the lost. And so God is inviting us to join in his mission of helping people to know and to grow in God. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it's known as the Great Commission. It's right before Jesus goes up to be back with the Father, and he's talking with his disciples, and he says, all right, guys, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. All right, and then he ends the passage by reminding them that he will be with them. He says, listen, you go out and do this, but I'm going to remind you, hey, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. In other words, he's saying, as you pray for one, right, as you pray for one, as you open your eyes and look for ways to connect with people who are far from God and to share God's love with them, he is going to be with you. And I love the fact that God has chosen to use fallen, broken people who have been redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ to partner with him in this mission. I mean, how amazing is that, that, that people who come from broken homes or broken relationships or people who have, who have been brought out of addictions or struggles or whatever it is, and they've been redeemed and they've been restored, and then God uses them to reach more people who are in similar situations. Like God has invited us to share in this redemption story, right? So our job in this parable, as you see, is to do what? To simply plant seeds. Plant seeds of the gospel. Plant seeds. Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, if you're not familiar with the Apostle Paul, you read about him in the book of Acts, uh, but he, he talks about this very idea, this very process of planting and watering seeds in the book of 1 Corinthians, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, he, he writes these, these words. Now, you've got to understand the Corinthian church was a very uh, immature and a very shallow group of followers, okay? They were very young in the faith, and if you read through that book, man, you'll be like, man, I can't believe this is a church. Uh, they, the, the, this church is just messed up, right? But that's good, right? Because, uh, that, you know, the church is full. We're, we're, still, we're still fallen, broken people, uh, and God is working on us. But what was going on is, is these people were arguing with each other about who was more important based off of who had baptized them. Right? So somebody might say, man, listen, I was baptized by the Apostle Paul himself. And then somebody might say, oh, yeah, I was baptized by this guy named Apollos. Like, Who's Apollos? Like, I was baptized by Paul. He's an apostle. Right? And so they were just going back and forth, and they were talking about who was cooler, and they were saying all these different things. It was this very, very uh, childish behavior. But Paul sets them straight when he says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, I planted the seed. He says, I took the seed and I planted it, right? I planted the gospel. I planted the seed. I proclaimed the good news. I shared the story of God's redemption. And then he says, Apollos came along, and he did what? He watered it. I've actually got water in this, by the way. Uh, he says, I came along, and, and, and Apollos, he, he watered it. But God, God gave 
the increase. Right? God caused it to grow. Right? And so what Paul is saying is that it's neither he who plants is anything. Right? So the person who plants the seed, he's saying, listen, we're nothing. We're, we're, just doing what, we're just being faithful seed planters, right? We're just doing what God has called us to do. We're, we're planting the seed. He says, so neither is he who plants is anything, nor any, he who waters is anything, but God who gives the increase. All glory goes to God, right? One, one prayer does it all. Now, are there any, any green thumbs in the room today? Anybody? Are you serious? Nobody? I was hoping to find somebody to come to my house this spring and help me with my gardening. And, and, and everybody, and, as I I was going to recruit you, right? Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, here's the thing. So, um, so I, have, I have some seeds here, okay? I have some seeds. And, um, and so when we pray, Lord, give me one person uh, to whom I can share your love with, and when we do it, right, what we're doing is we are taking these seeds and we are planting them, right? They're, we're planting gospel seeds. As Noah said, right, he just, he just asked the, his friend, he says he built a relationship with this guy, and he just asked him, hey, what are your beliefs? When you connect with a friend, when you connect with a neighbor, and you continue to show God's love for them, you are planting seeds and you are watering those seeds. Now, here's the deal. Uh, you may plant a seed, you may plant a gospel seed in someone's life, and then you may not see that person again, but somebody else may come along, and they may water the seed that you planted. And that's how this, that's how this whole process works. It's really a, a beautiful thing here. And so, uh, when the seed takes in water from the soil, this triggers root growth and to allow the seed to get more water. So, when the seed is planted... And then somebody comes along and waters it, right? The seed, it, it starts to, to uh, take roots and it gets more water. And then Jesus gives us a nice little uh, biology lesson here on how plants grow. And he says, uh, he says then the, the shoots develop and grow towards the sun above the ground. And after the shoots reach the ground, reach, reach the ground leaves from form, allowing the plant to harvest energy from the sun. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing process. But here's the point. The only control that we have over this whole process is what? Planting the seed and watering. That's it. Like, we can't just make the plant grow, right? We can't, we can't just, you know, use the force, you know what I mean, and just make the plant grow. We can't do that. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, God is the one who gives the increase. Our job is to pray, God, give me one person today to whom I can share your love and then plant that seed and then water where somebody else will come along and water. So let me illustrate it this way, okay? So I, I've showed you, you know, how this works through the plant, but let me illustrate it this way. My wife, Robin, uh, was heavily involved in her youth group growing up, and she was also involved in Young Life. Don't know if you know what Young Life is, but it's like a big youth group. Uh, and, and she did this when she was in high school. And she had this reputation in school. She had a good reputation in school. She was known as uh, that good kid, right, for being a good kid. Uh, I, on the other hand, not so much when I was in school. Uh, but she was that kid, right? She was that kid. You, you parents know that kid, right, that, that you want your kid to hang out with, right? Why don't you go over to Robin's house is what the parents say. Go, go hang out with Robin, you know. Go, go spend some time with her. She's that good kid. And, and so parents would always encourage their kids to hang out with, it, with her. And uh, um, although that really didn't make her cool with, with some other people, but, but years after she graduated high school, 
And this happens just a, like a few years back. Like, we were already married. So we're talking like, what, 15 years after high school at least. And this is before Facebook was super popular, so she had uh, to bust out a yearbook to remember this guy's face. But, but this guy wrote, wrote Robin an email, and this is what he said. He, he just simply thanked her for being kind and showing the love of Christ to her, I mean to him. So, so, so Robin, back in high school, was planting gospel seeds. She had no idea the impact it was going to have. But this guy, years later, comes back and says, hey, I want to thank you for showing the love of Christ. Right? Once you've experienced it, you'll want to pass it on. And that's what Robin did. Right? But they didn't. these seeds that Robin planted in high school didn't take root until years later. Right? Um, at the time of the email, when he wrote this, he had come to know Christ, and he was starting his career in the ministry. And he explained to her how she and others in, the, in his path uh, over the years had sown seeds of the gospel, and how other people would come along, and they had watered those seeds, okay? And they began to take root and form, and it changed his life, right? God... God calls the increase. And so now he is in ministry. He is a pastor at a, uh, at a church up in at Pittsburgh in the Pennsylvania area. And he's dedicated his life and career to showing the love of Christ to others, to spreading more gospel seeds. How, isn't that awesome? And here's my point, man. When you pray this simple prayer every day, Lord, give me one person today to whom I can share your love. Listen, you, you have no idea the impact that you will have in somebody's life. You have no idea. I mean, this is years later. This guy comes back to Robin and says, you, you just have no idea what you did for me in high school. I had a guy in my home church who impacted me a lot growing up. His name, is George, his name was George Velash. He went on to be with Jesus. Uh, but he would always, always encourage me and one of my good friends, Dave Ferris. And, uh, and he would always come to us and say, uh, he says, man, you, what you guys are doing with the kids and the youth ministry, he says, you guys are making a huge impact. And he, he always said this. He said, you know what? He said, you may never know the impact that you are making on this side of heaven. He said, you'll get to heaven one day, and you'll see somebody up in heaven, and they'll say, you know what? It was because you planted gospel seeds in my life, and you may never know the impact is what his, his point was saying. Right? I mean, one prayer does it all. And this is what Jesus is saying, right? A man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. I love that part. Because this, this, this is what Jesus is doing. He's taking the pressure off of us, right? Because listen, it's not up to you and me to make this grow, right? All, all, all we're doing is planting seeds, and we are watering. He said it's a mystery. It's a mystery. How this process works. It's a mystery how God takes his word and causes it to take root in someone's heart. It's a mystery how someone will respond to the gospel message and another person who's sitting right beside them maybe doesn't respond to the gospel message. Right? It's a mystery how you can have kids growing up in the same family and they're, and they're under, sitting under the same teaching and they're all going to and they're doing all these different things and how maybe one kid receives the gospel and another kid walks away from their faith. Right? It's a mystery. This is what Jesus is saying. It's a mystery. And we may not understand how it all works, but what is our role in this process? Our role is not to make, not to make it grow, right? Our role is to do what? Plant 
the seed and to water. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, your role is to pray for one. Lord, give me one person to show your love to. One prayer really does it all. Right? It's, it's praying every day. Lord, give me one person whom I can share your love with. And I don't know if you caught what Noah said in his testimony or not. But, but, but Noah used a phrase. Uh, it's the same idea as planting gospel seeds. But, but Noah used a phrase, uh, sow gospel threads. Did you guys hear that? Noah said, I, I try to sow gospel threads in my conversation or throughout the day. It's the same concept of planting seeds. Now, where he got that from, that, that phrase, phraseology from, is uh, several years ago, um, a guy by the name of David Platt. Some of you may have heard of David Platt. Some of you may have even done some of his Bible studies. But he did a sermon series at his church uh, that he used to be at called, uh, that was titled, Sowing Gospel or Threads of the Gospel is what it was called. And, and he talked about having conversations with people and, and kind of weaving these gospel threads throughout your conversations. And, those, and he, he, they, they, they kind of listed five gospel threads. And the five gospel threads are this. The, five, the first one is the character and nature of God, right? God is love, you know, God, God, it's just, you know or just the, the nature, you know, who he is and what he's about. The, five, so the first one is the character and nature of God. The second one is the sinfulness of man. The third is the sufficiency of Christ, that what Christ has done is taken care of our sin problem. And then the fourth is the necessity of faith. Right, then when somebody realizes that they're a sinner and they put their faith in Christ, they, they repent, they turn from their sin, they put their faith and trust in Jesus. And then the last one is the urgency of eternity. So that, that was the five gospel threads, right? So the idea is, is that as you have conversations with people, as you are planting gospel seeds, you are weaving those things in that conversation, right? So when you pray for one, we said this last week, and you open your eyes, you are more aware of opportunities, right? So, so oftentimes what happens is when we don't pray for one, we're not prepared, and we walk away from a situation, we're like, wait a minute, I had an opportunity there to plant a gospel seed, and I missed it. I had an opportunity there to weave gospel threads in the conversation, and I missed it. But if we wake up every day and we pray for one, God, give me one, and then we open our eyes, I, I guarantee you God's going to answer that prayer every single day, and you're going to be prepared. You're going to be ready to plant a gospel seed to have that I weave that gospel thread in that conversation. Now, I'm going to plug Right Now Media, okay? Because on Right Now Media, so last week we introduced Right Now Media. If you weren't here, uh, I'm going to introduce it again this week. But Right Now Media is a resource uh, tool that we have purchased as a church for you as a gift. And uh, so if you got an email uh, in the last week or two from Noah, all right, uh, encouraging you to sign up for Right Now Media, uh, I would encourage you to do that because you can go on there and you can find David Platt's sermon series that he did and you can watch it and it's amazing. It's awesome. You can go and so there's a ton of resources on Right Now Media. And so if you need help with that, we would love to help you with that. But that's a great resource. We'd love for you to do that and uh, get involved with that. Uh, use it with your family, use it in your small groups. It's just a great, great tool, great resource. You guys like how I did that? You guys how I like inserted Right Now Media? If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're like, I didn't get an email, it's because we don't have your email, and you can come get, see me, and we'll, you give me your email, and we'll send you an invitation to sign up for it. And I think this first week we've had, the last time I checked, we've had close to 50 people sign up for it. So praise God for that. Um, I'd like to see all of us sign up for it, so let's, let's do that, okay? You guys good? 
All right. So, so let me wrap it up here. So how, how does planting gospel seeds in our everyday look, uh, life look like? Like, what does that look like for us, okay? Well, it begins by doing what? Praying for one, right? God, who, give me one person today to whom I can share your love, and then simply open our eyes and look for opportunities to show God's love. Now, I'm going to share, you, share with you some personal examples from, from my life and, and what we do as a family sometimes. And uh, again, this is not... Uh, necessarily for you to kind of model it this way. This is just what we do, and this is what works for us. Uh, but I just want to encourage you, this is, this is what, what we're doing. Right? Because, listen, we're not asking you to do something that we're not already doing. And uh, that's why I love the, you know, Noah's testimony there. And so this, this, is, uh, uh, this, is, what, this is what we do. Um, one, one example is to hang around people who, who aren't Christians, who are, who are far from God. All right, now, if you, if you are here and, and most of your friends are Christian people, uh, I would encourage you to, to go meet some new friends that aren't Christians, right? Go, go make some new friends. Go, go to the gym and meet somebody. Go to somewhere. Just, you know, go be around people who don't know Jesus. Um, I've shared with you before that, that I intentionally uh, get my hair fixed, my hair done. Does it look good? You guys like my hair? That right, looks good. Uh, I get my hair done by a young lady uh, and I've said her name before, um, I'm not going to say her name this morning, uh, but she is a Muslim, and uh, I've been going to her for the last seven years. Uh, she just opened up a, a, her own shop, her own business, and uh, she does a great job, but for the last seven years, uh, I have intentionally gone to her, and my goal has been to plant gospel seeds, right? You know, we, we've, we've, we've built a relationship with each other, we have conversations about our kids, uh, we talk about uh, I ask her questions about her faith and what she believes, and it gives me the opportunity then to share about my faith and what we, what we, we believe. And I've invited her to movie nights before. You know, I've invited her to, to things like that. Um, it was funny because one Easter, I was in there getting a haircut, and everybody in her shop uh, was wearing those, uh, those pins that says, Jesus has risen. So I asked her uh, about that pin. And, uh, and it started up a, a great conversation about Jesus and what he had done. And who he, you know, it was just good. And so the idea is, again, just sowing those gospel seeds. Uh, one of the things that I do is every Wednesday morning, uh, weather permitting, I will get up early and I will walk through our neighborhood and um, I pray for individuals by name. As I walk by their house, I, I pray for this neighbor by name and I just ask God to soften their heart and give me an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And I just go through the neighborhood it's great exercise, and it gives me the opportunity to pray, pray for them by name. Uh, we have a neighbor uh, who lives beside me, and uh, he's been over to our house several times. We've watched. He's a big basketball fan, and so we've watched basketball games together. Uh, he's got a young girl that's close to Jude's age, and, and they play together. And, and, and so we've done some, some, some neat things together. But, but through that relationship, it's given me the opportunity to share uh, my faith. Um, several years ago, he and his wife uh, went through a divorce, and uh, you know I didn't go over there and I didn't share anything super spiritual with him. I just said, "Man, I'm sorry to hear this. Uh, you know, it breaks my heart for you. Can I pray for you?" Yeah, and he has come to church a handful of times, uh, but but he's he's not you know been coming regularly, and so I just pray pray for him. But but again, I've just been planting those gospel gospel seeds in his life. We have a young lady that lives diagonal from us. Uh, who has been our babysitter, actually, for the last uh, over a year now. And uh, it's been great to get to know her and her family. And uh, we just try to be generous to her and to be kind to her and her family. Uh, we, we, you know, when she was sick, we took her some, some food 
And uh, again, just, just planting gospel seeds. She'll, she'll share her relationship woes with us, and she'll talk about uh, these guys that she's dating and how they're losers. And, and I'll just say, look, I say, you, you, you're dating a bunch of losers. You need to drop those guys and find, find a guy who loves Jesus. And uh, so again, just planting, planting those gospel seeds. Um, so so that, that's some of the ways that we do that. Another, another neighbor that lives on the corner over here, uh, again, just the opportunity we've had to, to build relationships with them. We've been in their house uh, several occasions, went to uh, uh, their, their daughter's high school uh, graduation party at his house. Uh, they actually go to the gym in the morning at the Y, same gym, and so I get to see them just about every morning. Uh, and we've had some good conversations. You know, we've talked about uh, church, we've talked about uh, faith and, and religion and, and, and things like that, and so uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. But, but again, and I want to be careful here because I want, I want you to understand these, these, are, these people are not like, they're not projects, okay? They're not like tests. You know, just, you genuinely want to build a relationship with them uh, and, and plant those gospel seeds, okay? So don't look at it as like, well, who can I get next? You know, it's not like that. It's just you, you genuinely want to build relationships uh, with them. And so those are just some of the things that, that we're doing, that, that we've done, uh, and, 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 um, and I just would encourage you with that. Uh, Jesus said, a new command I give you, right? Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. This is what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to be faithful seed planters because God is a faithful seed grower. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to close out. And if you have a card, if you didn't get to do this last week, um, there should be a card near or around your seat. And I would encourage you to take, take that card home uh, write the name of one person that you're praying for and, and commit to praying for them every single day. Uh, but again, don't limit it to just that, that one person, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're looking. It may be somebody at work. It may be somebody in your neighborhood. It could be anywhere. Uh, you're just praying, Lord, give me one person today to whom I can show your love. As we sing this response song, I want to encourage you, if you didn't do this last week, to go over and write the name on one of the blackboards that we have. And we're going to commit to praying for them every single week during this series. So I would encourage you to do that. Also, during this response time, we're going to have some prayer team members, uh, some in front, one in the back. If you're here this morning and you're just going through a difficult time in your life, we want to encourage you. We want to pray for you. And if you're here this morning and you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus, uh, I would love to talk to you more about how to do that this morning. So would you stand with us and sing? Uh, fill out the cards, come over to the blackboards, and let's do that together.